Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keg podcast episode. Episode 5.30. Mitch, on the other side of Zoom, back from a Thanksgiving holiday. Charlie here with you. Uh, we're talking the Green Bay Packers against the Kansas City Chiefs. The measuring stick game of all measuring stick games. Look at all sides of the ball in probably the biggest Packer game of the season. Uh, and then talk about the Bucks in-season tournament. Thoughts on the matchup, thoughts on you know everybody who's left, scenarios, I'm sure hijinks, other things. Um, and then Jackson Trio might be a brewer long-term. We'll talk about that impact and why I don't know if Jackson Trio is the only one that will get this kind of deal. Mitchie, how is your holiday? How are you doing, buddy? Good. Holiday was it's good. Always good to get a couple days off and recharge, eat some good food on Thanksgiving and take home some leftovers and enjoy all those and basically eat Thanksgiving food like three times. And because yeah. uh, Lord knows people make way too much food for Thanksgiving. So, yeah, uh, I, I am. Uh... I guess that's what it's all about. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't know if anyone has leftover turkey at this point. I guess it's probably like the last day you can eat your, your leftover turkey um, with being about a week week after. But if you had like a Saturday Thanksgiving or a Sunday Thanksgiving, my go-to uh, for leftovers is the bowl, like the KFC bowl, but just with everything from Thanksgiving. So it's... Just throw it's it all a, in there. Yeah, it's a mashed potato base. Get a little stuffing on top. And then if you have like corn, sometimes I have leftover cream corn. You put that in there and then you put the turkey, make your own gravy and you're good to go. That's an A1, A1 meal for, for me when it comes to Thanksgiving leftovers. That sounds like a good idea to me. I, I just had like six fucking things of Tupperware and just piled it all on a plate a couple different times and zapped go. it for a little while and just went to town. So listen, li- listen, if you don't have and also if you don't have stuffing, you know, it's the store-bought stuffing's just as good. I mean, not just as good, but it's store-bought stuffing still slaps, as the kids would say. Yeah. I've never made stuffing, but I love it. I mean, I, I feel like it was something that when I was little, I I didn't I didn't I resisted. And stuffing is like probably my favorite thing at this point. Oh, oh well we my my wife makes a good stuff. We might have to might have to find a time where you can you can have a have a little taste of that. That's that's good. Although she gives me a hard time because I say my father's stuffing's better than hers, but it's it there's context and layers to it. We don't need to get into it. Um anyways, the pick your battles, Charlie. I know, I know. And if we were talking last week about the Packers and Lions, I I think, Mitch, I would have probably spin zoned myself into the Packers winning, or I would have said it would have been really close because I just felt like Green Bay was, you know, starting to kind of ascend. And I thought the Lions yeah. were kind of, you know, hitting a rough patch in their season. But right. The Packers, I, the Packers got, they, they caught the Lions at a good time. No totally. Doubt. 100%. And like short week, short week, division game, Thanksgiving, a little extra, the whole deal, all the cliches. I mean, that, that, probably played in the Packers favor a bit. I mean, or, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's just more, a little more fluky perhaps because of all that stuff. Right. And the lions knew that, you know, all eyes were on them was probably their biggest, you know, you know, primetime game of the season. They played on Monday night, but it was against the Raiders. Like how much, how much really were people watching that game? Like all eyes were on it. And and the chiefs game, but that was so long. Oh yeah. 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 
Yeah, good point. Forgot about that. That yeah, people for people have forgot about that exactly. So I mean, right. and and plus that's like week one, like mm-hmm. you know, really flip a coin pretty much yep. in those games, and you know, but I mean, the Lions had been had been rolling up until last couple games so right the wheels um, the wheels kind of got loose on this defense which that defense was the one we saw when they were one six last season and the Packers gave it to them and I said it on yesterday's show just kind of like they're kind of the Packers are live in the playoff hunt and I'm like they're not it's not out of the question that the division is isn't potentially on the table with the Lions having I think four out of the next five on the road which is really tough and just mm-hmm. you don't know, right? And yeah. I, I'm not I'm not ready to go there yet. But it's I I feel like the hype's warranted. I know I get myself too excited. I know you're the guy to usually calm me down, but I just can't seem to shake like that. This is a young team that's kind of grown into that their shoes and are now kind of hitting hitting what the potential that I think Brian Gunakus, Mark Murphy. Matt LaFleur all thought was possible at the start of the season. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've improved um, markedly, I think over the last couple of weeks. And it's interesting that they're they're. I don't know if they're out there anymore, but I know before the Lions game, there were still, there were people that were upset. The Packers won. Um, yeah. The week before, forgive me. I'm who the hell no, the Chargers. The Chargers. Yeah. yeah the and, Chargers. and people were upset about uh, that victory. And it's like, tanking i feel like i don't know tanking discussion discourse i guess is the word in football is like just in like sports radio and stuff is kind of higher than i feel like it probably because of caleb williams and you know there's some good quarter it's a great quarterback draft and um it's really hard to tank in the nfl though like you're never out of it And, and like like because they only play 17 games so like you could be three and six having lost two or three in a row, like the Packers were in that spot. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you went two games and the NFC's dog shit. And you have that seventh spot in the, in the playoffs now, which opens the door even further. So it's really hard to like, damn, I mean, shit, even the Cardinals who were, you know, completely gone. I know that they're not going to make the playoffs, but there's no, like they'll probably end up winning five games or something because Kyler Murray's back. And they'll probably still get a top like three pick with that, but it's just so hard to like tank in the NFL because you're you're never really out of it. And, right. And right. Now the Packers have found themselves kind of in a spot where they don't control their own destiny, so to speak. But uh, they, they do have a pretty pretty. I mean, they have a favorable schedule, and you know they're they're going to have to sneak in, but it's it's in the cards. I think, it, you know, obviously with the Seattle schedule the way it is, with Josh Dobbs crashing back to earth, I think that it seems more like that dynasty is kind of controlling it. I think Ross Algram, uh, who does some Packer Twitter stuff, was ran the numbers, and even if they lose to the Vikings and the Chiefs, uh, they would be, have about an 85% chance to make the playoffs. Now that means you got to win all the other games. But if you go 4-2 and two, and 85%, like that's, I mean, that's pretty stellar. Like you're in really, really good, good company there. And you go into this game against the Chiefs, you could say it's our favorite phrase, house money, because you've already have the game against the Lions. This game, everyone's like, well, if you get a split, you'll be okay. 
Dell, you already have the split. And now I think really it comes down to just seeing how you measure up against one of the best teams in football. I don't, I actually don't know. And that's a, a totally different discussion. I don't want to go into a tangent on, but like, I don't really know who the best team in football is right now. I don't really, I think it's a bizarre year. I don't mm. think the Eagles are like the Eagles. I, I heard it's I probably the Eagles. It probably is the Eagles, but they've, but they've looked, you know, I don't, not inept, but like they've looked, they definitely have looked beatable several times throughout the years and or throughout the year. And they've gotten, gotten pretty lucky to win a few games lately. I, man, I don't remember who it was. I, I can't, th- I mean, oh, it was, I think it was Todd McShay. And I, he was quoting somebody, or maybe it was just McShay's personal comment where he was talking about Jalen Hurts and was like, Jalen Hurts is like kind of Tom Brady like in the fact that they're never out of a game because he's just like so calm, cool, and collected, and like it doesn't matter. And he just he, it's like they are always in the game. He rarely makes mistakes. He plays just such a good brand of football that it's like he they always keep him in the game, and like it's the Brady factor of he's never out of it. He's never out well. of it, and. The Eagles have pulled a lot out of their ass, and it'll be—it's a fascinating matchup with them and the Niners this weekend. The Niners come in favored, but we're—we're we're obviously talking about the Chiefs, and that's a team though that you want to measure up against. It's a Super Bowl, it's a Super Bowl champion, and now you get to see how all these young guys stack up against one of the best teams in football. Yeah, and it's a—it's a Sunday night uh, at Lambeau Field, and you have a Chiefs team coming to town that has had some head scratchers uh, in the last month. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the the Denver game comes to mind, although Denver looks looks better now. But at that time, that kind of extended their run um, and and made made the run a little more real Mm -hmm. for for Denver. So, I mean, yeah, you know, Kansas City is – you can certainly make an an argument um, for the Packers. I think it's – I think it's a little bit of a house money game as you kind of alluded to there that, you know, you got the, you got the one against Detroit and now it's kind of a lace them up, go out and have fun, play loose. Um, You might have a chance. I mean, Kansas city's D is it's funny. I'm sure in Kansas city, they're having discussions much like the Aaron Rodgers era in green Bay. Like, Oh, yeah. Some of those, I feel like we've had conversations throughout the years on the podcast about, like, oh man, we're gonna we're gonna have to adjust to the Packers, you know, uh, leaning on their defense, and we're not accustomed to that, and that's got to be the the conversation in Kansas City with kind of you know the the Chiefs have, are I guess a rare lack of playmakers on, on offense mm-hmm. outside of Mahomes and Kelsey, and it's been like that for two seasons now, but. Um, now their defense is awesome, and you couldn't say that for the longest time. So, right. yeah, it's going to be a huge test for Love in that regard. Oh, yeah, a- absolutely. And Jordan Love faces a blitz-heavy team in Steve Spagnola, and he's been better against the blitz early on in the season. It was it was a real issue for Love, and he's kind of figured it out as well as because the Packers have had consistency at offensive line. I think that has helped. I think it will help love that he's seen this defense before. And that's like a sneaky thing that I don't know if it'll be talked about nationally. I hope locally it's being brought up, but he's seen this defense. Now, granted, parts are different, 
But Spagnola's structure and what he wants to do loves at least seeing it on the field. And you can't say that for a lot of teams. And the first team that he saw for a second time in the Detroit Lions, he absolutely carved him up. Now, I'm not saying Love is going to carve up the, the Kansas City defense that has been great, but I, I do think that there are going to be areas of opportunities for the Packers to strike. I'm fascinated to see if they're going to take the ball first again like they did if they get the coin toss. That was unique. You know, it's not necessarily the smartest thing, but it was clear that in that game where they're underdogs, that Matt LaFleur wanted to set a tone and wanted to have it had a great script. Those first two drives were as good as Matt LaFleur has been all year. And it's like what we've been saying for a long time, and it's kind of finally starting to come to fruition, is like take those fucking training wheels off and you're going to see that this is a good offense. And maybe the training rules had to stay on, not because of Jordan Love, but because of everything else, because of the relationship with Christian Watson, because Reed and Wicks were still coming along. Like, you know, there's a lot of explanations for that. But, yeah, I, uh, I'm i definitely excited to see, you know, what Love can do kind of for an encore. Yeah. It's – I feel like that was a McCarthy thing to always take the ball, start the oh, game. Yeah. Right. And – more often than not, it, it worked. And it's also interesting that with Aaron Jones not being available, how, you know, A.J. Dillon looked good for, you know, the first time. I mean, where, you know, he just I felt like out of necessity, he was kind of, you know, very productive. And I think that that opened some things up. But without Aaron Jones, it, it was surprising to see how, how good they were. And it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see, but it's going to be, it's going to be tough. I mean, Kansas city hasn't given up what more than 20 points in a game this year. I think that's, and, that's correct. Yeah. Their defense has been and, rock solid. Yeah. And the Packers hadn't really scored more than 20. What, or what was the stat? Was it? Was yeah. It, they, they yeah, didn't they got, like, got, yeah, they didn't got to 20 yeah, games like in a row games. or something. Yeah, 20 it, points. Was, it was pretty 50 ugly. games. Yeah. 50. No, Isn't that, no, fifteen. No, Is that 15. what you said? Uh, yeah. Uh no. Okay. I yeah, something like that. It was. It was. It was pretty ugly. Uh, for the most part, it was not. It was not necessarily. Uh, at what you wanted, and they, you know, Packers the last two weeks have really, have really kind of found that stride offensively. And yes, the, this is the best defense they've faced since Minnesota. And in that game, they only got ten points. But I'd like to think that the Packers have gotten better and that they're going to have, you know, things ready for this Kansas city defense and make sure that, that they are there. And it's, yeah, it, it hopefully you, and I think you should have everybody back besides Musgrave uh, Wicks is practicing again from the concussion. Jaden Reed missed practice with that chest injury, but he played last week. So I don't see why Jaden Reed wouldn't play. Obviously that would be a loss uh, if you didn't have Jaden Reed and you have Jones too, I guess, but, that's and that those are big losses, but I think as you played with all those guys, it's just again to that point of house money. It's like you're you should feel comfortable, should be able to let it hang, and you know the Watson love relationship is finally starting to come together, and that and that's a huge thing because uh Legarius uh, needs been very good for the Chiefs, but I don't know you know size wise, I I don't think he's that big, so I I do think there's going to be a chance for Watson to have some moments. 
Yeah, and he I mean they kicked off the game against Detroit with a with a deep shot. It was right. um to Watson. It was reminiscent of week one in twenty twenty two. Right. Um except they actually completed it and it's and it's kind of you know, it, it, that seems to I guess loosen things up. Anytime you can take a deep shot and, and going back to what you said about taking the training wheels off, I mean, yeah, you 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 got kind of a kind of a glimpse of that and you know the Packers scored on their first couple of, now you're aided with a couple of golf turnovers and Jared Goff just turning back into a pumpkin in general. Right. Which has also led to the Lions um I guess demise here uh mm-hmm. over the last couple of weeks. But yeah, I mean that relationship with those two guys, Love and Watson is you know, a lot of people are a lot of people are or were out on Christian Watson and for him to put that, put that performance out last week, you don't want to see him build on it. No, you know, yeah. Stupid drops or, or, um, you know, shenanigans in the end zone. I mean, right. Let, letting balls get, get, get through your hands and stuff like that. And, and swinging the momentum of a game. I mean, that just, you need to see him become that playmaker that, that you want him to be. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's going to take him a while. It, it, he's in and out of the lineup a lot, played at North Dakota State. He, he wasn't a four-year guy at Alabama or anything like that. So, no. you know, it's going to take – it is going to take him a little bit more time. And people were um, – it's well-documented. People were out on Devontae Adams at first, too, and he obviously became one of the better receivers in the NFL. So, I think pumped the brakes a little bit on – on people being out on Christian. I don't know really where you stand on Watson, but um, My, certainly encouraging last week, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I was definitely encouraging. I, I wasn't out on Christian Watson. I think I was just I, – I think I, what I thought about him was that he wasn't a wide receiver one just yet, and maybe he was anointed too quickly. I think it was tough, and it's not his fault, but his family being all over social media – made it really hard to I, I it's just like there was excuses left and right and it's like guys just don't like don't alienate yourself like it's we we get it like we understand that you have your son's back you have your brother's back but imagine if Giannis's brothers were tweeting after every bad Giannis start like that like or mm-hmm. Mariah was retreat was tweeting like that like we would, I think there would be some vitriol towards Giannis. I really do. Like, I just think people don't want to hear excuses. And, and that, and the fact that Christian was able to step up and the chemistry with him and was built. Yeah. I, I'm definitely, I wasn't out on Christian, Christian Watson. I just, I felt like he just needed to do a little bit more. I think there was a worry that Watson was kind of the offensive Jair where he'd play when he wanted to. And that I think concerned some people, you know? Um, but the last thing on the offense, cause I, I do want to talk about the defense. If you do look at the box score, I understand the Raiders had 14 points and then they only got a field goal after that, but the Raiders numbers aren't exactly bad. Not to like Billy Mike read the box score for you, but like Aiden O'Connell at 248, he only missed 10 passes. He had a quarterback rating of 101. Josh Jacobs ran for 110 yards, had a, had a long run that was part of that. Uh, and then both Adams and Myers had over 70 yards of, of receiving. So it's kind of like, how do they lose by, how do they lose by 14 points? I mean, I have to go into it. 
I I had red zone on. I didn't watch the whole. They didn't have this game on a lot during the red zone because it was a big focus on Bills and Eagles. But that's interesting that they they were putting up numbers. The Raiders weren't completely incompetent against this defense, but you know they they just couldn't score. Yeah. Well, in the NFL, it's it's kind of a make or miss league in terms of how totally. many explosive plays do you get, right? Um, and and obviously, yeah, if you can you can come out and hit a 50 yard touchdown pass or something, get yourself out in front. Maybe you have a chance. I mean, I don't know. The, the chiefs are, are never going to be out of it with, with Mahomes and no kind of cut, you know, his, his ability to make stuff happen is going to be, you know, tough, I guess, in the Packers defense, because, you know, again, like I said, I, you know, stopping a running quarterback is, is and he's not a running quarterback, but he is um, as good as anybody at extending plays and and you know he's he's prime Rodgers esque in that way. Where oh it's just, yeah, I mean it's just a nightmare is... to to go against because you know you you have him defended for eight seconds and you know it's a it's a four five six eight yard scramble for a first down every time on third down and and yeah. it, it's just going to drive you nuts. Oh, absolutely. And going up against Mahomes is no easy task. And it's a real test. Hopefully, Jair Alexander decides he wants to play this week. And you get him, you know, in the mix. Carrington Valentine has really been good the last four weeks. But this is obviously his biggest test. And can he, you know, deal with the magic and the wizardry of Mahomes? The young safeties have, again, looked good. But there hasn't been a Travis Kelsey that has been in the mix and the Packers in the past in the Joe Barry era, Mike Patton era have really struggled with those pass catching tight ends and they get out in the middle of the field and somehow they are just wide fucking open all the time. Um, <laughs> it's, it's incredible. You're well, like, I, I don't know. I don't know how it happens, but they're just 15 yards downfield. Nobody's fucking there. And that's, it's for quick first down. Well, I mean, again, those guys are open against everybody. I mean, that's true. No, that's that's very true. There's a true. reason that they're, you know, Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in football now, um, and has been for a few years. You know, he's Andy Reid has, you know, it's a real test for the floor. I mean, obviously, and and Joe Barry, obviously, but you know, what do you expect out of Joe Barry? Um, I, one thing is that you know the Packers have struggled against the run. Um, I feel like probably more than anything and Kansas city doesn't really have much on the ground to speak of. So that, that works in their favor a bit, but that doesn't mean that, you know, that can't change. Well, I mean, the, it's, the worry, if you're worry. focusing a ton on, on Kelsey and Mahomes and, you know, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. The worry with Pacheco is he's just a hard motherfucker to bring down. Like he just yeah. runs hard. He's, and, yeah, he's pissed off. Right, he's a pissed off runner, and the Packers don't. They their tackling isn't exactly the best, and I think they're pretty low in terms of the missed tackle stuff. So that that is something to worry about, and it, and definitely a concern. I I think too is the getting out to the flat and Mahomes bailing out and Pacheco's just there. Like Quay Walker's going to have to be on his game. I think this is a huge game for Sean Gary in the sense that, you know, yeah, you want him to wreck stuff, 
but he also has to keep contained. Like he can't just dive in and then, oh, Mahomes has can squirt out to the right for a, a cheap 10 yards, right? Like Rashawn Gary has to stay in his lane. And that's something he's struggled with, you know, throughout his career. And if you you don't, you know, he can kind of keep his keep his water and create some problems for for Mahomes. That's that's going to be huge for the Packers. Yeah, that's a that's a um, I don't want to say big ask, but like oh, totally. Yeah. Any, any of any of your any of your premier pass rushers or game records like that are, you know, are going to be probably a little more prone to just kind of being out of position and stuff like that. But I mean, yeah, against yeah, so Mahomes right. and Andy Reid, it's, you gotta be, gotta find a way to be disciplined, certainly on the edges. And, you know, while all, while keeping an eye on Travis Kelsey now, again, fortunately outside of Kelsey, there isn't much that's going to scare you. I, I mean, I think, yeah, Pacheco is a little bit just, probably their next best playmaker on offense unless I'm, right. unless Rasheed, I'm missing somebody. Rasheed Rice has, you know, he had over 100 yards in the game against Oakland or uh, Vegas, excuse me. Uh, but, I mean, that was his first, like, big game. And, you know, he's – so if he's coming on strong, you know, he's a second year – he's a second-round pick from this year. Um, if Rice, you know, has another big moment, maybe, you know, he's kind of peaking. I think we're all worried that MVS is going to catch a long touchdown just because – that would be very Packers for that to happen, but we'll see. We'll see if you know if if that's part of the playbook or that that's on the on the table. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of it. Can I can I ask you some intangibles? Unless you have any any more on the Packer defense versus the uh, Chiefs offense. Uh, go ahead. What do you got? I don't think Taylor Swift's going to be there at all. Um, it's going to be fucking twenty nine. No. I know. I know it's heated. I know it's there. There is. 0.0 chance Taylor Swift's going to be there. Yeah, she's not coming to Green Bay, Wisconsin. No. No, could you can you even imagine like she what, would fly? I know they have, I think they have like a private, you know, jet landing spot, but I, there's no way, man. Like unless, I just unless unless NBC is uh putting her up somewhere right uh, or you know, or in other words, footing the bill. Yeah. Um which I wouldn't put it past anybody. No. But, you know, they'd love to. Yeah. God, that's sad. No. They, I'm sure they NBC would love to say, hey, well, you know, we'll, hey. uh, we'll take good care of you, Taylor. Yeah. You're going to show up so we can put you on camera every other play. And, and look, I know, the, you know, I know that they do some work with content creators and, and I, I respect the hustle. But if you are a Packer fan, male or female, and you go to the brewery for their Taylor Swift Packer party, you can't be a Packer fan anymore. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> that is for very casuals, and I respect the casualness. But if you, if your wife drags you, your girlfriend drags you, you got to look in the mirror. You just got to. That's there. You got to draw a line somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's who cares? It's, it's so, I don't know. Is it, is it played out at this point? I think yeah. so. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, and, and they were kind of saying the Barstool boys were saying, you know, the fact that the Kelsey's had the top sports podcast on Spotify was aided by Taylor Swift. I don't know if that's true or not true, but you know, it's, it's how it goes. The last intangible I'll throw at you and then I'll ask for a, a, a pick. 
Chiefs are coming off a road game in Vegas. Teams after playing Vegas on the road since they moved to Vegas are 10 oh, and boy. 10 and 19 against the spread since 2020. The second worst of any previous road team uh, in the NFL. What's first? Atlanta. Atlanta. Really? Eight, 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 Strip 19. club city. You bet. Both of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you don't think Travis Kelsey was going to Sapphires. You got, you just got another thing coming. Um, <laughs> you know, don't tell Taylor. Like, he's like, I, I got to turn off my locations uh, for that one. Uh, and, anyways, yeah. That's interesting. I, I um, yeah, it is. It's just a fun fact. Like, I don't know how much it means. It could be, you know, the Packers won because of a fucking moon, right? The When I saw the waning gibbous that the Lions were 0-12 when there was a bad moon on Thanksgiving, I was like, yeah, we're fucking winning. Like, I was like, yeah, this is, this is happening. And thank God they did because, like, I got, you know, my dick kicked in on Wednesday night with Purdue beating Marquette and then – and then the Bucks losing, like I didn't really need three straight losses. That would that would have been a pretty depressing podcast on on Friday. Uh, but anyways, yeah. I I'm gonna talk myself in the Packers way, and I'm not quite there just yet. I think it'll be very close though. I I could see Mahomes ripping our hearts out at the end, and it be a last second field goal or a last second touchdown, and the Packers losing by three or four. Um, but I. I probably will convince myself they're winning by, by Sunday. Yeah, I'm sure you will. I, I, I'm going to take the chiefs. I think, um, yeah, I, I just, I, I think it's, I think that the chiefs gotta, gotta get, uh, I mean, 31, 17 over the Raiders is a pretty convincing win, but you know, the chiefs don't really get a lot of shit. You know, I think I think the national media, they're darlings, obviously, with Mahomes and and everything. They don't, you know, considering how inconsistent their offense has been this season, mm-hmm. it's you know they get they get a ton of passes, and I I think that they they're probably going to come out with a little little something something here. Um, so, do you think they you think they cover the six and a half? Yeah, I can see him winning by a touchdown. Okay. I will say one of the other things like intangibly, their schedule is not as is not as difficult as it looked at the start of the year after this game. So kind of a case for hey, maybe they won't they kind of to argue against that. Like they go they are at home play Buffalo, which yes, must win for the Bills, but you know, the Chiefs kind of have them where they want them. They can end the Bills season right there. Then they go to New England, back home to play the Raiders, home against Cincinnati, and then to the Chargers at the end of the season. I mean, hmm. they're getting to one seed, right? Like, even if they lost the Packers, like they have a they have a pretty easy, you know, December. It didn't look that way at the start of the year, but now it's like, yeah, you're on easy street. And that's how the NFL works, kind of to bring it back to the initial thing we talked about with the Tanky. Yeah, the Chiefs have what? They're what eight and three? Correct. Yeah, Jacksonville actually is the top team in the right. uh, in the AFC. I knew that Jacksonville's also eight and three, but yeah, um, yeah, they probably will. I mean, I don't know. At least if Buffalo has anything left, I mean, a lot of a lot of tough losses for them. 
Yeah. And, uh, oh man. I mean, if you were a Bills fan, like I don't even know. Like this this year, I would just I don't know. I would I would I just like be in a bunker. Oh, be terrible. Yeah. I mean, it would be it would be awful. And you have this is now you know you have a bye week, but then you come out of the bye and you're Kansas City on the road, Dallas at home. You play the Chargers, probably dead. Uh, New England and then Miami like oh man like that's not it's not easy um and yeah that Chiefs Dallas back-to-back is is really difficult so yeah that's 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 tough for for Buffalo it's it's uh not looking good yeah we are we we have a picks league with a couple of the guys in a group chat of us and we couldn't believe that we pushed the 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 buffalo game because we had buffalo plus three and thought we were like oh we're good we're gonna get points and then we philly pulled it out of their ass as they always do yep you bet uh moving on to the nba milwaukee bucks got it done against the i wouldn't say they pulled it out of their ass that would have been a perfect transition they did earlier this week in Portland against Portland. Uh, but for against Miami, you know, it was a pretty hard fought victory for your Milwaukee Bucks. And they advanced the in-season tournament knockout round where they'll play the New York Knicks on the same side of that bracket as Boston and Indiana. And then on the other side is New Orleans and Minnesota and Phoenix and the Lakers. So Mitch, it's, I, uh, have... it's New Orleans and Sacramento. Oh, sorry. New Orleans, and Sacramento. Thank you. Thank you. That's right. Uh, New Orleans, Sacramento, and then the the other two. So, Mitch, we haven't obviously talked to you in in a little bit. Uh, kind of where where are you at? Temperature check with the Bucks, and then kind of your thoughts on you know the final eight in the end season tournament. Uh, I mean, overall, it's kind of been the same same game, you know, on repeat. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't say that. That's a little a little spicy, a little casual. It's uh, um, all right. But- it's, I mean, it's it's a different brand of basketball than what we've seen the last few years, no doubt. Um, defense is is uh, you know not the greatest, but at the end of the day, to use a Giannis expression, um, they're winning games. I mean, I mean they're they're learning how to play together. I think the offense has has really looked good the last. I don't know, a couple weeks. I mean, it, yeah. it's starting to sure, or maybe not a couple weeks, but nah, last couple so. games, and it, it's been, you know, that doesn't seem to be an issue. I mean, um, been a few more pick and rolls with Giannis and Dame, and early pick and rolls you know, too for Giannis too, where he's starting. It's like first couple game plays of the game, you're getting yeah, you're kind of getting going with it, you know. Well, you had you had that against Miami, and mm-hmm. um. Uh, a rare positive first quarter for the Bucks uh, against Miami, which was a, a nice breath of breath of fresh air, a nice change of pace. Um, most games they're down down ten to two, yeah, right in a in a flash, and then we got to take a timeout almost immediately, and then it's you know, and then they slowly kind of figure it out. I mean, you know, they're they're finding ways to do it, and it's just it's just really nice to have a guy like Damian Lillard who. You know, he's pretty much been everything that he's supposed to be. It's it's what John Horst wanted. I mean, it's what it's what um, 
they needed it. It just you're you're never you're never really out of a game with a guy like that, as mm-hmm. we you know, as we saw certainly in the Portland game. And, you know, Dame struggled in the first half in that game, as did pretty much the whole team. But they were hung you know, over. I mean, he, they were viciously hung over, according to sources, that they were at loose and celebrating Malik Beasley's well, birthday party. So, you know, my I thoughts think- on that, my thoughts on that are that's fine. But you also got to remember, they're not drinking like we are. I mean, ah. they're not ripping shots and having 12 beers in a night. I mean, they're probably, you know, maybe have a couple. But yeah, right. I mean, it's not not ideal, but it's a little naive to think that the shit doesn't happen. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, no, so, I, I, I would, I would tend to agree. Well, it's just, it's just obvious that like in the fourth quarter, they're putting forth a lot more effort defensively, and I mean, it was amazing on on Sunday against Portland, who is not, you know, an offensive juggernaut by any means, but I mean, they were for the first two and a half quarters, and, yeah. Um, and then against Miami, it's like. They do their bullshit. I mean, they're they're not gonna miss, and you know, it just it is what it is. You got to kind of hope that you just have more points than them at the end of the day. And I don't care that Jimmy Butler didn't play. I, I was watching. We we did some recording on Tuesday night. I didn't have to, so I was able to kind of. I brought my computer to the recording session and watched the game there. And then we ended up putting it on at um, where we recorded, and I said to somebody like. The thing with Miami is like one through 15, it's like a clone of it's yeah, like yeah. the same basketball player. Yeah. And it like, it just, I don't know where they find these guys. And no. like, no. And then like Jimmy Butler has been ass. He's just, he's just not, not a good regular season player. I mean, no, I don't know. Would it help Miami to have him? Probably. But, and, and don't give me Tyler Hero either. I guess my oh. point is, no, I don't care you- if those two guys, if those two guys didn't play or not. Yeah, Reggie Miller was acting like that it was the modern day fucking Hoosiers out there. Like this mm-hmm. scrappy bunch, like, you know, fighting with Milwaukee. I'm like, they're, they're I mean, four, they they're, are. They are. That's fair. But like, these are NBA players. I mean, yeah. It's not, it's not UMBC against Virginia. Right. Right. Exactly. So, so yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, 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 they have looked it better. I you know it kind of, add some stats and some color to what you're saying. Last 10 games, they're fourth in offensive rating, 15th in defensive rating, seventh overall. And the only teams better than them right now in those last 10 are the Pacers, Magic, Knicks, Celtics, Rockets, and Thunder. So it's not like the creme de la creme, right? Celtics maybe, but it's all teams that are kind of having a good start to the season. And then Frank Madden had Dame's clutch time numbers, 37 minutes, 65 points, six assists, no turnovers, plus 45, and a 78% true shooting. Like, he's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's, as yeah. you said, it's uh, it's as advertised. You never feel like the Bucks are out of a basketball game. I heard on the, I believe I was driving home Tuesday night, and this was after 10 o'clock, and Justin Garcia does his, like, he does, like, his postgame show, and then he has, like, a, I don't know if it's a call-in show after that for a while so i it was like it was a good a solid hour plus after the game and he was still still on the air and i think he had the stat that dame has like 83 clutch points so far this year and 
like his um, career high is like 180 or a, in a season or something like that. So that just shows you like, you know, here we are not even a quarter of the way through the year and he's just been, you know, unbelievable and, and, right. and been exactly what it's, it's just, again, do the Bucks win that game in Miami last year? I don't know if we can say that. No. Because no. Drew shits, shits his pants. You know, he did multiple times throughout the years. And, I mean, he's not Eric Bledsoe, so he was certainly an upgrade from that. But you can tell that in a late-game situation, Dame is as, is as poised as they come. Oh yeah, absolutely. He just it's just he's unflappable. And it it feeds into everybody else. And you know, it, and you saw last night, Giannis kind of had a feeling that they were gonna be over overdoing it on Dame and tells Griffin, like, hey, let's look at Chris. Like Chris can do this too. Yeah. And I I think that was a great, you know, note from Giannis. And it's like, oh, and some people would spin it, oh, Griffin should have known that. Griffin should have well. Giannis has played has seen Chris close out games. Chris is as good as it gets. And there was the play that I think Name posted on Twitter where uh Giannis basically, you know, acts as a decoy and clears it out for Chris and he brings Bam with him. And then Chris gets Hawkwes ha- or ha- yeah, Hawkwes on the uh on the the one-on-one and hits a fadeaway on him in a, a classic mm-hmm. mid-range. And so, yeah, what are you gonna do? when you have these guys going at you and you look at the in-season tournament now and this kind of sets up for the Bucks and this clutch stuff and it's going to be so fucking funny if they do advance, whether it's into the semifinals or into the finals and all these national media people who've been ragging on Griffin, ragging on our defense have just not seen the bigger thing that the Bucks don't really lose when it gets to be closing time. And yeah. that's that's huge going forward well and i hope austin wins because i i want oh, the fucking smoke. yeah oh yeah and no i mean I, the, the bucks got to take care of business on tuesday yep. first but because the knicks are you know obviously beatable we beat them before and it, yeah they're going to be a picnic yeah they're playing well but the bucks are good it's a bad match for the knicks against the bucks because yeah. there's nobody on that team that can guard Giannis. Both right. Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson are too slow. They can't, they can't guard him. And because of Mitchell Robinson, you can keep Brook Lopez out there. You don't have to, you don't have to put in Bobby. You can keep yeah. Brook Lopez out there. And so maybe Hartstein's maybe the only one that can. He can't really guard Giannis either. Fuck that. No. Like they, you know, jail. It'll be interesting to see what adjustments they make to Jalen Brunson. How do they guard Jalen Brunson? Do they use? Andre Jackson Jr. a little bit more. I would say Marjan Bochamp, but he's been so bad lately that I just can't I can't include him in that conversation, but maybe you have to because of Pat's ankle injury. He's not going to play against Chicago, which I I don't expect Pat to play either this game tonight or against Atlanta on Saturday. Like, see if he can go on Tuesday. I, I'm assuming he'll want to try, but if you don't have Pat, that's, that's a big loss to your bench, and you're going to need – somebody on that bench to step up. And and that's been one of the, maybe the slight issues with this team in the last 10 is the bench has been kind of non-existent. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, 
you know, again, because you don't really have anybody who can create their own shot coming off the bench. No. That's been, you know, they never have in my entire life. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm used to it by now. No, I'm just kidding. But I mean, seriously, though, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough because, yeah, it's going to be more AJ Green probably, um, who has picked a great time to not be able to hit a shot anymore. Yeah, um, all of a sudden, AJ Green's like, holy shit, I'm playing with Giannis and Dame. Like, it just his butthole got too tight. It's like, just relax it. Just chill out. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, the, it's Andre, a- the Andre Jackson stuff is, he's still not playing enough. I don't know no. what, what or why, if that's, you know, at least he's playing, right? Like, let's be, let's be thankful that he's getting out there, but it, it's tough to like start and then you come out at the first whistle and, and you don't come in until the second half. You know, right. I mean, it's it's tough. And it, is it is it crazy to think that maybe they're trying to hide Andre Jackson Jr. a little bit? Like they don't want to like expose, like they don't want to put too much on tape. They don't want to show that show that show the the secret weapon too much. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe well, I I I also think he might not be ready. And it's kind of no. like what we just talked about with Packers, where it's like I I fully expect Andre Jackson Jr. to play. Anywhere from fifteen to twenty minutes by February, February, March. Here's the thing with him though, is he's he is not shy about shooting threes, which is bizarre. Yeah. But he, he kinda has that Draymond Ben Simmons deal. Oh, like yeah. if he's if he's in the paint, he doesn't he doesn't really he doesn't look to shoot. It's you know I appreciate the unselfishness, but he's a great pass. I mean he's Yeah. You could do that as like eyes in the back of his head. I mean, you could tell. Oh, yeah, the pass right away was, that that he's 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 an NBA level passer. Yeah, but you kind of gotta be some some somewhat aggressive and and make them right. make them stay honest on defense. And right. um, that'd be my only real complaint with him, just because tons of energy and it just positive things seem to happen when he's out there. And you know, eventually it'll get to a point where you know he'll be playing. Yeah, fifteen twenty minutes. A night, no problem. It's going to be uh going kind of going back to the end season. It's it's going to be interesting to see how shameless the refs are to get the matchups that they want, <laughs> because yeah. there is a real like path here where you could say, oh, Boston, New York, L. A. and L. A. New Orleans, not great, but you have Zion, LeBron, you could sell that. That that one. You know, you're kind of screwed either way. You kind of needed Phoenix and LA to be on separate sides. But, and Boston, but it, I'm like, I'm like, they're going to try, they're going to try to angle for Lakers Celtics for the in season final. That's what my biggest fear is that they're going to be like, oh, look, we have this on a silver platter. Lakers Celtics, third, ver- third game that they'll play this year on a Saturday night when everybody's watching. The ratings will would be massive. I still think they're going to get great ratings if it's if we get Giannis LeBron in the final. I mean, that's gonna that would do big numbers as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, and I, I kind of wanted to talk about too, like the intensity of the game. Oh yeah, it's incredible. I mean, both the game, both the TNT games on on Tuesday were were awesome, and you know, it just you know the in season tournament's great. I mean, yeah. I think I think we're all gonna like it, and I I think it I think I started to realize that probably building up, you know, over the weekend thinking about 
the game against Miami and kind of that's the final group play game. And that's going to be pretty intense. And like, certainly once we get to the knockout round next week, like I think it's, it's going to be full blown, like playoff type shit. Yeah. And, no, I, and it's, I it's all going to be nationally televised games. And I think it's, you know, people have, have mocked it. And I know the courts are still an issue for a lot of people. Friend of the pod, Lord sites, um, called it the in-house tournament. He said, he said it's, it's pretty cool, but the tournament or the, the courts, I just, he said he can't do the courts. He wanted me to, he wanted me to sneak that in. Okay. His thoughts on the, uh, yep. he said he can't, he can't do the courts. I, I believe the quote was colors that a, that a dog can't even hear. I think was the, was the line he said. So, and I said, look, not every court is bright red. I mean, yeah, right. it's a little, a little tough in Miami. Yeah. But, yeah. Miami I mean, one was, was bad. I think I think that if if that's your biggest gripe, I I do think they could they could tone down some of the courts. That I, I'm all for a special special court and city uniforms, whatever. But you know, I don't know if we need bright red courts. But yeah, I mean, it's you know, I'm really excited for group play, and right. I'm glad that the Bucks made it because God, the shit that they'd be taking if they didn't, it would, oh, yeah. would be it, unbearable. Right? No, Philly gets absolutely nothing. Philly's absolved from it. You know, we don't. We don't hear about you know the the rap not the Raptors but the Cavaliers nothing the Heat no the Nuggets didn't make it but nobody cares right no one's no Jokic is still going to win the MVP and right exactly you know, uh, yeah the the Bucks they beat the Heat but they gave up 124 to them and right it's a big you know I mean as if that's not like a little bit above average at this point right I I yeah and I think it'll be interesting to see kind of what they do going forward. I, I like keeping it East and West. I think it's good from a travel perspective. I wonder if, you know, they will do something where, okay, the, the teams that were in the Eastern conference finals, they are assigned to a group, like one's group a one's group B. So like the Miami heat and the Boston Celtics, and then the top seed, the Milwaukee bucks are the next one. And you do it that way. Or, you figure out a way that basically like kind of like how the champions league does it, where they have like the kind of the, the yeah. team, they spread it out based on qualifiers. Right. And that's how you kind cool. of, you know, get your, get your brackets put together. Yeah. I'd be down for like the playoffs from the year before kind of having some sort of value yeah, or, you know, or impact to the end season tournament the following year. Um, obviously couldn't really do that this year. I think there will be some tweaks down the road, like when the NBA ultimately expands and adds, gets to 32 teams. I think that's, I think it becomes a situation where it's all knockout games or, or maybe there's still group play for seating of some kind. But to me, that seems like a pretty easy um, installation. Yeah you, yeah. you move it, you move it to like, you have a, yeah, well, it'd be a thirty-two other... team tournament then. At that, right. You know. Yeah, and then you just you still do your knockout stuff. You still have your group play, and then you do your knockouts. But you you extend it. It becomes a longer tournament, right? And it goes into January or something. Oh, or, or almost leading up into Christmas, and then you basically can have Christmas, and then it it takes you through, and you go, yeah. and and it's like there you go, and you're in the mix. And yeah, you could so... you could do like you could do where maybe Christmas day isn't in season tournament games, but like maybe the week after 
It is. Oh like yeah. The semifinals. Yeah. Kind of compete and, with bowl. Keep compete with bowl season. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I wonder if yes, how ESPN would feel about that, but ESPN might not be the rights holder, right? Like right. they're going to have new rights here next year, I believe. So it might not matter because I, I think this in season turn, I would not be surprised if, you know, a, like HBO max or Amazon is like, yeah, this looks great. Like this, like, there's a ton of attention. The ratings are there. Like we think we can sell this through and they just buy the in-season tournament rights. I think that, you know, is potentially on the table. Yeah. A max is a, I believe a Turner property. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, you're right. um, that would be like a T it'd probably just be on, well, it'd be TNT technically, which or, or last I checked, they don't have bowl games. Maybe they do. Maybe they have one no, or two, but no, or Peacock buys it. Right. They, they are so invested though in college now. I, I wonder if that they can't like, they don't have the like timing to kind of fill in. Cause I mean, the rumor is that NBC wants to get back into basketball. Um, that was something that I, I saw about the rights deal and they kind of were talking about doing almost a Sunday night basketball, sort of like Sunday night football. But then once Sunday night football is over, then they just do Sunday night basketball and hmm. which would be fast, honestly. And I, I honestly think you could maybe lead into football. I don't know. That would be tough because you always have the afternoon game, but you know, it'd be interesting. So we'll we'll see. There's a lot. They used to lot. have they they used to have like triple headers on NBC. Oh yeah, I remember. Oh dude, that would that was always great when you would do noon, likely Knicks Heat. Um, then you have that two thirty game. Then you have like a four o'clock game. Right. Or like it's the neat. Pacers would be on. They'd yep. give the Pacers Reggie Miller. Oh yeah. You know, like eleven a.m. or whatever it was. Yeah, the Rockets at like four o'clock with Steve Snapper Jones and uh and Bill Walton on the call. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Oh man, sorry. I just looked over. I have uh I have Arkansas uh Duke on and the fact that Bobby Petrino is now the offensive coordinator for Arkansas is fucking hilarious. Have you followed yeah. that story at all? Yeah, I'm guessing he wasn't he uh he was ran out of town. Like, yeah, he I mean, ran out of town. He had an affair with a volleyball player. And, <laughs> and that whole motorcycle thing. And they brought him back to be the offensive coordinator, not even the coach. Yeah. But well. fucking what? College football, man. Never, never fucking fails. Um I I, I last my last thought of the box is just can we have a normal game against the lifeless bulls? The bulls are dead. Like, can we just beat them by 15 and not not fuck around? tonight just maybe yeah that'd be nice just got to get off to a good start and don't let them hang around and right um shouldn't be an issue but no no yeah the bulls are bulls are in rough shape they are the i think i saw the 28th worst team in net in terms of net rating no 26th excuse me uh minus nine in net rating there they are playing bad basketball uh, moving on, finishing up with the Milwaukee Brewers. Jackson Trio hasn't signed yet. He's on the cusp. I uh, I dare I say a hashtag done deal. Uh, in the early shot before pre shock days of Marquette. Uh, for those who know, they know. Uh, and the Brewers did what I had kind of hinted at a couple times with you, Mitch, throughout the summer, saying that I think this makes sense. I think there's a reason to kind of save potentially save some money is to do this but not only to do this but to do it more like tyler black potentially in in the coming years or 
uh, Jefferson Quero. Quero? Did I say it right? No. Quero. Quero. Yeah. Like, there's, there no, are, there's, there's no W sound. It's Quero. I know. Quero. Yeah, I know. Screw it up every time. Uh, but anyways, there's going to be there's going to be other opportunities for us where the Brewers could be a version of the Atlanta Braves. I'm not saying these guys have the talent of the what the guys the Braves signed, but the point is is that they're following a model that has worked for successful baseball teams, and I, I'm very excited for this. Um, are you at all nervous about giving a 19 year old potentially 18, 80 million dollars or whatever? whatever the cost may be, or like, where, where do you stand on, on this move from the Brewers? I mean, a little nervous, but I, with trio specifically, not as much just because I, I think it's, it's pretty obvious. He's, you know, a pretty special player. Um, And yeah, I mean, it's kind of what you have to do. I mean, the Brewers did this with Freddie Peralta in a way, but Freddie had played some games. Right. Um, not a ton, but they signed him to a six-year deal. Only like what twenty million or something. It was like three or four. He only he's only making right. three or four million a year, right? Um, but Trio specifically, I could I could get behind. I mean, it's you know, I I would probably prefer you know he has a half a season under his belt before we go giving him you know eighty million dollars, but um. You know, you, right? You you got to do it as the as the Brewers um, kind of situation dictates. I mean, they have to they have to be proactive about stuff like that. And I mean, I would rather give Jackson Chirio that kind of money now than give Brennan Woodruff or Corbin Burns a huge yeah. extension or something like that. I mean, it's just it's just the way it is, um, and that's how that's how they're going to have to build their team. I mean, some of the other guys you name though, it's like, okay, let's, I definitely got to see some time out of those guys. Yeah, because, no, that's fair. Um, that's, that's, they're not as fair. highly touted and, um, you know, seemingly as special as, as Chirio. Um, I, I don't know if, I don't know what Chirio's comparison would be. I mean, for as a MLB player, I mean, I, I don't know if he has. He's not really a power hitter. Like, I mean, I think he'll, he could hit fifteen or twenty in a season, right? I think but, he's. I think he's going to hit 20, 20 to twenty five when he gets the muscles. I think like it, don't. I don't like don't go calling him Ronald Acuna, please. Yeah, I I think that's oh. <laughs> I know you. I know you want to. But. Uh, I will just say that. MLB MILB.com says he's drawn comparisons to fellow Venezuelan Ronald Acuna and Andrew Jones for his well-rounded skills and potential to crack the big leagues in before the age of his 21st birthday. So I don't know if necessarily that's exactly saying he is Ronald Acuna uh, because of just like, it's just he, they're both from the same country, right? Um, and yeah, I, I agree that there is there, he's a hard person to kind of, kind of necessarily say there is a, a, a true comparison, but he's a all around good baseball player. He's just an excellent hitter and it's always two hit three hit nights from him. And, you know, there it's definitely, 
you know, yeah. definitely there's some going to be those days. And, and yeah. And I think what's interesting is he hasn't necessarily, you know, had those big slumps, I guess. I mean, there was a little bit of that in Biloxi, but he's, you know, he, he's definitely, definitely a guy who can make an impact immediately. And the, the fact that he'll be in the lineup potentially day one just kind of sets the tone for the season. I mean, we don't really know what this Brewers team will look like, but if they're saying, yeah, we're going all in on trio, like that's that's a huge vote of confidence, and that kind of tells you that maybe they are going with more of a youth movement, but I still don't know if that, I'm ready to say, oh, yeah, this team is going to completely rebuild if they're going with a youth movement because I think the young guys are pretty good on this Brewer team. So hey, there would be some growing pains, sure. But I, I'm not ready to just throw in the towel and be like, oh, yeah, this team's going to lose nine games next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Adonacio has been hesitant to rebuild. I mean, they could – they don't have to, you know, completely. I mean, I think if you if you try to package Burns and Adamas to um, a Dodgers or, you know, or get Baltimore involved with Burns, more, more I don't think they need Adamas. But, um, right. you know, I think there are some moves – out there um i guess mainly with those i don't know well i mean there's a log jam in the outfield too well especially so, obviously if, if they're if they're gonna if they're gonna commit to trio yeah um and have him be on the opening day roster and pay him all that money i mean he's gonna be gonna be involved and there's <laughs> there's a, a heck of a you know i mean blake perkins fuck him see ya i'll take you to the airport <laughs> um tyron taylor too and i mean yeah, I mean, I, I'd probably trade Joey Weimer honestly. If, well, if it... Joey Weimer would be the, I think the one everyone would want to trade. But would teams want Joey Weimer? Could you sell a team on Joey Weimer? Who are you likely to sell a team on? Sal Freelick, Garrett Mitchell, and maybe this is like this is a podcast topic for us where we need to kind of come up with a trade value, <laughs> trade value column because I, I think Freelick is almost off the table. I think Freelick yeah. and Trio say, that, build that'd, be, that'd be a mistake, probably. Yeah, I I understand Garrett Mitchell love, and I know a lot of people like Garrett Mitchell, but if you t- can tell me that Garrett Mitchell is the construct to a deal for a Shane Bieber, who has one year left mm-hmm. in arbitration, uh something I might be interested in. I'm not gonna. I'm. I might be interested in that. I could get down. I don't yeah, think you... but then in that situation, you you keep Burns, then, right? Yeah, probably, and you make a run, and you just say fuck it, and you 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 basically say, all right, we're bringing everybody back, but we're gonna we're gonna add we're gonna add another pitcher, and we're gonna basically replace Brandon Woodruff. I think Bieber is more realistic than Glass now, who has twenty five thousand or twenty five million, excuse me, on his contract next season. And has had a ton of injury issues. I just yeah, don't, he's missed don't a know. lot the last two years. I think yeah, I just don't know how you can trust. Yeah, how you can give up a lot of pieces for Glass now. And I also just hate dealing with the devil with the Tampa Bay Rays. I just feel like they always pull your the wool over your eyes. Yeah, you end up trading Drew Asmussen, who looked like he was just another guy, or you end bullpen. up trading uh, who's now a Brewer. You end up trading Yandy Diaz for Jake Bowers. Yeah, that's, that's that was bad. the was that? Yeah, 
Yeah. They he was traded. on Bowers was on the Indians at the time, right? No, he was on the Rays, and then they traded him to the then Indians. Oh, okay. Diaz and and that really talented shortstop that came up. I can't think of his name. Uh, came up after all the Franco nonsense. Oh, what was his name? It's like it's like Johan something. I'll find it. Um, but like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, Garrett, moving Garrett Mitchell is is possible too. I think. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it'd be he had kind of a un, unfortunate injury last year right. to kind of you know derail the season, and maybe maybe you're selling low on him. But yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think. I do think that that you have to solve that outfield logjam. Weimer would be the one that would be the one to trade. But the question is, is anyone going to take a chance? Maybe the raw power, Joey Weimer attracts somebody and somebody says, all right, we'll, we'll go after that because that we think that we can build that raw power yeah. into something. Um, but well, I think he's, he's the guy to me. That's like Gary Mitchell's more of the finished product and Joey Weimer's kind of the, the pile of tools that just needs to be like harnessed. He's, he's kind of Carlos Gomez. Uh, yeah. I was going to, I was going to go like, this isn't more of a negative. He's kind of like Brett Lowry a little bit. Remember like Brett Lowry had a bat and, but he was an all time douchebag. And not that Joey Weimer is, we have nothing that, that says that he looks like he could be a douchebag, but we don't know that we haven't got that sourced. Um, but, and then they traded him for Sean Markham and a lot of people freaked out at the time. Because Lowry was mashing in the minors, and everyone's like, "Oh man, get rid of Brett Lowry! You've already traded away all these guys for Granky. What are they doing? A little bit, and who's Sean Markham? And right. yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Was I don't think I ever heard of Sean Markham until we traded for him. Right, that was great. I mean, he was a drunk, but he was great. You couldn't pitch him on Sunday mornings. That was that was never a good plan. But other than that, like it, it was a pretty good relationship with Sean Markham and the Brewers. Yeah. So I mean that's 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 a little bit. Of, I mean that's that's a path. Um, yeah, it's or you just you do do the young thing. You go in with trio and you just market the living fuck out of them. And it your just, pitching could really stink though if if you oh, don't yeah. uh, oh, yeah. you trade Burns. Let's say Burns and Adamas and go and just go full. I you know God I. So, yeah, I mean, if you did do that, you probably try to see if you can get Wade Miley back. You look <laughs> Wade Miley, your opening day starter. No, I think it'll be Freddie. Um, oh, you, yeah, hope, true. You, you hope that Aaron Ashby is ready to go after the so- shoulder injury, but you, that would be tempered expectations. Um, yeah, probably talk to Adrian Hauser about a comeback, potentially. Oof. Yeah, I mean, I don't I know, mean, man. But when you I, said Shane Bieber, I'm like, I'm like, then you're in the same spot. Let's say you trade Burns and you go trade for Bieber. It's like, what's the point of that? Well, I, I think the with, point other than Bieber is probably better. Yeah. I think the point of it would be is that you could always flip him at the, at the deadline. If you really like, yeah. we're like, all right, this isn't working. We're this plan failed. And we're just going to, we're just kind of going to, we're 20 games under 500. Yeah. We're going to do the John horse, DJ Augustine and get out of this thing and not, and not have it happen. Now, Severino, who is a guy that I think a lot of people pointed that maybe the Brewers would have interest in, he signs with the New York Mets on a one-year, thirteen million dollar deal. So that is that's off the table uh, for. But interesting that he signed with Stearns and the Mets, because given the you know the kind of the partnership relationship kind of that those two teams now have. Um, so that David Stearns 
first signing that and Joey Wendell. Uh, so David Stearns, you know, make it slinging Stearns, making some moves with Papa Cohen's money. Yeah. Joey Wendell's a Waukesha wet dream. No God, Joey Wendell. No, no batting gloves. Like just, just look, if you look at his hands when he, like when he holds a bat, it's like that dude looks like he's, you know, been a, been a brick Mason for the 20 years. Joey Wendell I mean, probably just, just a man, just a man's man. He might be like Josh McCown and just doesn't jerk off. Cause like, I can't <laughs> imagine it would feel good. Like it probably is like too sandpaper, you know, like that's just, that's, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's a classic time where maybe we should wrap up the pod. Uh, do you have any, uh, will Marquette finally beat Wisconsin much? I mean, I mean, if they don't, it's a fail, right? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's the only thing Shaka hasn't done. It's in that's, Madison though, right? Yeah, it's in Madison. It's going to be a whiteout, which is kind of ironic given, you know, the Badger faithful. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ain't that let true? it hang, let it hang. Uh, but only predicted the win by one per uh, per Ken Palm. Well, I'm going to do a lot more on it tomorrow. Um, but it's should be interesting. They, I mean, they have a look at AJ Store, Rockford native. Uh, he played at St. John's last year, so they'll. He actually had a pretty good game against Marquette last year, if I'm not mistaken. So that'll it'll be interesting. I mean, a lot of last year was Wisconsin came out hot. Chucky Hadburn had the game of his life against Marquette. And then Marquette was able to battle back, forced overtime, and ran out of gas in that overtime. So it's a big one for Wisconsin, though, because it's a huge potential resume opportunity. And just like last year, right? And they have a gauntlet coming up here, going to Michigan State and Arizona on the fifth and the ninth. So like this is it's kind of a a massive. It, it makes it even bigger to get sort of that signature win. I think Virginia is a really good win for them. Uh, but if you can get with Virginia and Marquette, that's pretty good. And then you're, I think they would end up being like two and four in those sort of big games, uh, big non-conference games, which probably is going to do you okay resume wise. Wisconsin plays Arizona. Yeah. Next, next Saturday. So they have, they've played Tennessee, Virginia, yeah. uh, Marquette, and Arizona all non-conference. That's that's kind of that's a shitload of you know big resume building games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that feels like a, that feels like a quite a bit to me for you know a, a, a power five school. Yeah, then you have, they, I mean obviously a, a tough conference schedule as well. Right. I mean Marquette. I mean you know it has they played Illinois already. They had the Maui, which is UCLA, Kansas, Purdue. Yeah, true. And then and then they'll play Texas on on Wednesday, so yeah, I mean they've they too have it. I Wisconsin's is diff, more difficult for sure. Um, and it, yeah, they have they have some real opportunities, and we'll see. I mean, next Saturday sets up nice for the you know the the person who's the Marquette Wisconsin fan because you have Wisconsin playing Arizona at two, and then you have potentially the Bucks in the in season tournament final at seven thirty. And then Marquette Notre Dame at eight o'clock, which I have tickets for. So if the Bucks are in the in-season tournament final, that is a that's going to be a tough one for me. Um, we might need you to do the review. Might need to tap you in, and you just you just do the review um, wherever you are from whichever bar, and we'll we'll get it posted. Yeah, well, we'll see. We we can we can talk numbers. <laughs> um, yeah, I have to pay your cameo fee uh, for that. Nah. 
No, that's all right. Re- regarding your your uh your your white comments about Madison. Oh, Marquette's uh, very white too. I, I was going to say I've, I've been to a couple Marquette games and oh, I yeah, that, haven't that, seen too many brothers there either. That's that's yeah, it's it's cream cheese there. No, don't get me wrong. I, I that was that was a quick joke, but I I I we I are all it. we are all in the same bucket. We are all in that same bucket of bleach. Um, so it's definitely definitely there, but it should be should be really fun. And I'm glad it's early in the day before all the college football gets started. Um, that's more selfish on my behalf. You have a show, so a house show, so you're able to watch. We'll, you know, we, we can hopefully get you get yeah, you I on. Mean, and I'll be able to watch the Badger game, Badger Marquette game. Yeah. Yeah. We'll hopefully get you get you on the uh Marquette bandwagon and get you get your part. Get you to be a domino, Mitch. Yeah, I mean, it it depends on your definition of of fan. No, nah, it's it's just it's fine. We can be a casual. You can just that's fine. You know, just check in, check in on the big games when when they matter. There'll be a lot. Yeah, I mean, of them. If, if if Marquette's playing and I I realize it or I know it, I I mean, I'll watch it. I and the Big East is good. I mean, it's it's a really good conference this year. Um. You know, UConn top team. They play Kansas on Friday night. By the way, that's gonna be fun. Um, it's possible to be a fan of both teams. I mean, oh, I agree. Like, look, I have a. I'm gonna do a lot of that tomorrow. I got called a Badger fan by some Marquette burner account um, <laughs> yesterday. That's uh, the worst thing you can do to somebody on Twitter. No, I look. I, 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 I well, it's, it's long in this show, and so maybe it's this will be a repeat. But all I'll say is yes. You're right. What is not understood by a lot of Marquette alums and people who have lived in the Southeast corridor for the last or their entire life, who haven't lived outside of this like nine, 90 mile, you know, radius, if you will, is that people don't give a shit about the Marquette Wisconsin rivalry in Eau Claire or Wausau or Green Bay. Right. They like both teams. And when they play each other, they cheer for Wisconsin. And when they don't, yeah. they like Marquette. And yeah, maybe they're a little more casual about Marquette. And they it's kind of a pink hat fan base where they're good. They want to watch them. They they want to cheer for them. And if they're bad, they just kind of don't care. Because they're like, oh, well, college basketball is a lot. Like, you're, you you know, you there's a lot of games. Like, oh, I don't have to worry about Marquette. And also you got the Bucks. And so it's like, how do you align your fandom? So it's hard for a lot of people to understand that it, it's not that big of a rivalry outside of the 90 out of that 90 sort of mile radius. Yeah. And you know, Marquette has a lot of Illinois natives yeah. that, you know, so it's kind of right. Milwaukee it's I 94 South. I mean, is kind of the, where the Marquette faithful lie and you're right. That's, it's pretty fair, you know, growing up up North and, Spending, you know, people would, they're Badger fans. I mean, but I don't think a lot of people are there. I mean, there probably are people that don't like Marquette. Um, but I think mostly it's, it's more, uh, it's not as heated as it is around here. No, I mean, I remember, I just remember going to school and I, I had like long, I'd have to pull out the blog. I can't even remember if it's a snow tap blog or a Chuck's corner blog, but I wrote about it. Cause I was like, I couldn't believe how little the rivalry mattered. Like I was all excited about it. And they were like, everyone's like, yeah, I can't share for both teams. And I was like, what? 
like, this was like a part of my childhood, just motherfucking each other back and forth and talking so much shit. And now it's just not part of my life anymore. Like, this doesn't make sense. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, I always look forward to this day. Um, it'd be great to beat them because yeah, losing three straight to Wisconsin is tough pill to swallow. And that hasn't happened in a while. Um, I'd have Should to Shaka back. Smart be fired? Is he is he on the hot seat if he loses <laughs> to one? Is he is he is he college basketball's Ryan Day? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not that serious. Um, so no, I, I don't think don't think Shaka's gonna gonna get to that level. But yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be something, man. I I can't wait and uh, excited excited for it. So anything else for the people? Uh, I just got the show on Saturday. It's in the. It's in the, it's in Greenfield, so it's going to be interesting to be bringing uh, some some uh, DIY Milwaukee DIY punk music to the uh, to, to the suburbs. Yeah, but I'm sure it'll be. Don't get the cops. I'm sure it'll be fine. Don't get the cops called on you. Okay. Um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that that doesn't happen. Yeah, I don't need. I mean, to... I, don't, I don't care. I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's not why. I just don't need to be bail, bailing you out uh, for being yeah. being rambunctious, you know. So. Um, all right, yeah, we'll check that out. Um, and yeah, whenever you can go see Mitch, that's always that's always good. We'll make sure to uh, share it on stories on Instagram so you guys know know where you can where you can find it. Um, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys on tomorrow, uh, where we'll do a lot more on Marquette, Wisconsin recap, Bucks, Bulls, and maybe look at some of the betting trends for Packers, Chiefs. All right, guys, take care of yourself. Have a have a good Thursday, and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.